Hello, sisters, and welcome to the table. You are listening to the Adorno Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Charles. And in the last episode, I introduced a series on biblical beauty, or what beauty is in God's eyes. I want to continue with that today by looking at what it means to have a quiet and gentle spirit. The verses we're in are from 1 Peter 3, 3-4. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's eyes is very precious. In the last episode, we talked about the hidden person of the heart. That was episode four, and if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to listen to that first. In that episode, I encouraged all you women to be honest with yourselves, to look into what is in your heart, not so much so that the focus is on you, but that you would be aware of the things in your heart that are not from God. So we women are to let our adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. What does it mean to have a gentle, quiet spirit? To some, I'm sure that sounds pretty boring. Who wants to be gentle and quiet when you can be loud and playful, right? God likes fun. So what is a gentle, quiet spirit? There are clues from our text that tell us just what it is. From our verse in 1 Peter 3, We know that the gentle, quiet spirit, or the inward beauty, is hidden. It's in the heart. It's internal, inside us, hidden from everyone except God. It's incorruptible, meaning it won't fade. It will not disintegrate, dissolve, or decay. And it's very precious in the sight of the Lord. Others may not see it. It's rare, beautiful, and valuable. Once we get a better idea of what it is, We need to ask God to help us cultivate it, or grow it, or increase it to make it more beautiful. It's a type of soul beauty. Some synonyms for gentle are serene, tamed, approachable, non-reactive, non-violent, not harsh or rough. Quiet doesn't mean silent, but possesses a wisdom or reverence to know when to speak. It isn't easily worked up or excitable isn't just pushing itself forward. It's not brash. It's a peaceful, restful spirit. It doesn't insist on its own way. My family and I live on a lake, and our church is in a region that has a lot of lakes, so I suspect a lot of you are familiar with what it looks like when we look out on a really calm, serene morning with the water like glass. It's completely unruffled by external forces. The wind isn't blowing. Just like our spirit, We don't want white caps. Our spirit doesn't want to be turbulent, roughed up. No peace and no joy is like a really rough lake. As Christians, we have that peace that passes all understanding. With that peace comes a quietness, a gentleness in our spirit from the Holy Spirit. I suspect some of you are hearing this and thinking to yourself, I have anything but a quiet, gentle spirit. So how do we cultivate that quiet, gentle spirit? If we look back in our verses in 1 Peter 3, it tells us to be looking inward rather than outward. Our focus is to be on the internal beauty, not the external beauty. If we continue on in verses 5 and 6, it says, For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children, if you do good, 
and do not fear anything that is frightening. As God's women, our hope is in God alone. And if that is our hope, we need to be adorning ourselves as he says. From our verses, he gives us good examples to look to. Those Old Testament women, those holy women like Sarah, knew what it meant to be beautiful in God's sight. How they did that was by submitting and obeying their husbands, doing good, and not fearing anything that is frightening. Sounds really easy enough, right? We just need to obey, do good, and not fear anything. Now, the whole idea of submission to husbands has, in recent years, become quite taboo. I think we're going to cover this in a little more detail in an upcoming episode, so I won't cover it too much here, but I do want to say a word about it. The command to submit to your husband is coming from God, and submission is his idea in his definition, not the world's definition and manifestation of it. If we have trouble with that, if we bristle at that, if we push back against that idea, we need to ask ourselves, are we really trusting God with that command? Are we able to lay down our own will, our own idea of how it should be, for what God would have, and obey Him? The next part of that verse is do good. We need to walk in the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The last thing is to not fear anything. I think this is the thing that disrupts the quiet, gentle spirit the most. Fear distracts us. We are told so many times in scripture, do not fear, and fear not. Now that doesn't stop us from being afraid at times, but it's what you do with it that matters. You have to turn away from the fear, not invite the fear in. Don't give way to fear. What are you filling your mind with? Is your internal monologue full of anxiety, worry, borrowing trouble from tomorrow? Be aware of what you're listening to. Don't invite fear in. Don't engage with it. We aren't supposed to listen to the what-ifs. Jesus enables us to say, even if. A few years ago, in our homeschool curriculum, it had us look up a passage in Habakkuk 3 and rewrite it for ourselves. The passage says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Even if everything in our lives is going wrong, if we have the Spirit of the living God in us and we are abiding in Him, He enables us to say, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. We have nothing to fear, sisters. The only fear that we should have is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 31.30 tells us that charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. If you're a person who feels the white caps of turbulence and fear, anxiety and depression, there is a way to have a gentle, quiet spirit. It is not out of your grasp. Like Sarah, it requires a submission, a bowing of our will. It requires us to lay down our plans, 
our hopes, our dreams, our expectations at the feet of Jesus and leave them there. It requires us to want nothing but what he has for us. It requires us to experience what is happening in our lives and look at it as he, what he has for us, as his divine providence. It requires us to trust the one who holds all things together and is making all things new. It requires us to look with the eyes of faith and not the eyes of the world. It means we need to know how God defines good and evil, and it means we need to not stand in judgment over the things that are happening to us and proclaim them just or unjust. It means that we look at what is happening in our hearts and determine if it is from God or not. Some questions we need to ask ourselves if we truly want to have a gentle, quiet spirit. Am I borrowing trouble from the world? Are my actions in line with what I say? Do I say, oh yes, I totally agree that God is in total, total control, but then live life in a way that says I'm in control, my way is best, I don't trust God with the outcome. Am I truly surrendering my will for his? Am I willing to be a vessel through which the world sees God's glory, even if that means not getting my way or perhaps even suffering? Am I limiting what God wants to do through me because I'm unwilling to be uncomfortable? Am I willing to do what is required of me, even if it's uncomfortable or even painful? Am I afraid of what God might be requiring of me? Now, these are all applicable to everyone at all times, but I think it's especially applicable to us when going into the holiday season. We are the makers of our homes. We most likely will be hosting people in our homes, perhaps cooking lots of food, arranging family get-togethers, making sure everyone has a gift, and for moms, everyone has an equal amount of gifts. There is a lot of pressure around this time of year. This is a perfect time to have anything but a gentle, quiet spirit. And yet, that's what the Lord is requiring of us. That is what he finds precious and beautiful. So when the house is a disaster, and people are going to be coming over in half an hour, do we panic and freak out and make everyone miserable in our mad dashery to get it all cleaned up and looking like we have it all together? In my case, I'd have to say, yes, that's exactly what I do. But what is at the heart of that? Do I care more about what the company thinks of my homemaking and decorating abilities than the little lives living in my house? I do think that in showing hospitality and respecting my guests, I want to have the house at least picked up. But that doesn't mean I get to trample over the little ones that most likely made the mess. It means I need to have better time management, lower my standard, and hope that the company coming over is more interested in having fellowship with us than looking at my house. It means I need to get over myself. The beauty that I want to have, the internal beauty that God calls precious, is that gentle, quiet spirit that isn't frazzled when company is coming, it isn't so concerned with their self-image, and it isn't afraid of anything. All of this requires us to be decreasing that he may increase in us. In order to have the kind of beauty that God finds precious, we have to be trusting God with everything doing the good things he's given us to do, and not being fearful of anything or anyone but God. Thank you for joining me this week. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to pass along, or if there's a specific topic that you'd like us to talk about, 
Or if you'd like a written copy of any of the episodes, please email us at adornopodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time at the table. Bye.